Hey, just a brief and very mild warning. One of the first words we discuss conjures up, let's say, maybe an awkward image. We'll put it that way. And it's not anything that's a huge problem, but I know some people listen with their kids. I don't want to assume what may or may not be a little borderline. So once we get to the discussion about a certain type of clam from the Pacific Northwest, if you think there's any chance of a problem, then just skip ahead a couple of minutes and you'll be totally fine. Again, it's fairly mild, but just thought I'd throw that out there. Thanks. Nuclear. Now, is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. Okay, I have no idea what we're doing today. You said I've got a quiz, and so I'm ready to get roasted by you guys. But uh, what's the topic? Okay, we're not a, we're not actually out to roast you, Fletcher. Uh-huh, yeah, sure, I believe doing... that. We're out to trip you off. <laughs> <laughs> but what we've been doing is we're doing uh, Random House. Hachette asked us to do, uh, they want to do audio books of our grammar and word books. So we've been doing them for the past couple of weeks, which has been hellish in terms of reading over and over. But while we were reading, we found words that either we've written about and kind of forgotten or written about and still are kind of like oozy and not quite up all current with these words. <laughs> so we're curious if we may have done a few of these before, maybe not, but we're curious if they've confused us, will they com- confuse Fletcher? Is In other words, is Fletcher smarter than we are? <laughs> well, before we get going, uh, you kind of broke some news. People are going to be interested that you're doing audiobooks of your books because people love to hear you. They're listening to this podcast. Do you have any idea when these are going to be coming out? Uh, we do not know yet. We'll find out. We'll let you know. We'll let you know anon, as they say. Um, I'm assuming soon that... that the question is, Ross still has one more book to record. I'm oh, done. I know. I know. And you can hear how calm Kathy is, and I think you'll detect a tightness in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> but we have learned it's difficult to uh, read books <laughs> officially, <laughs> out loud. Out loud. <laughs> Kathy, tell them about, like, you were talking about a certain word that you've been having, because I've been doing the same thing. There are certain words I noticed that, I mean, I know how to pronounce them, but I stumble on them. And Kathy, oh, what do you oh, tell yeah. us? Oh, yeah, for me, it's the New York thing. I, I say properly and particularly, and uh, this did not pass muster with the, with the producer. She kept saying particularly, particularly. So I'd be coasting along with particular. <laughs> and actually, if we're gonna if we're gonna castigate people, I'm in the mood to castigate Kathy. She wrote a section on statistical significance. Now, she not only like talked about it, she peppered the entire several paragraphs graphs with statistically significant statistical. And I think I, I must have spent a hat. I must have spent a half an hour on that one. I yeah, but you kept chucking Latin in. I'm sorry. I've got all <laughs> okay. your sections with Latin. And I'm not a Latin maven here. So okay. I hated you. You were There were many sharp words said about you in the, in the studio in Granada downtown. <laughs> See, you know what's going to happen as you write more books is you're going to be thinking in the back of your head, wait, am I going to have to say this out loud? <laughs> 
we've right. talked about that already, Fletcher. <laughs> we're going to cut a lot. Of, we're going to eschew a lot of Latin. Text. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. And French. <laughs> it makes a difference, though, when you write, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, have, I have to write for saying things out loud because I'm on the radio. And, yeah. and it really changes the way you think about putting words on the page. It's true. You know, that reminds me. I'm really kidding aside here. Maybe we should do a thing on, uh, like, a, we could interview Fletcher on this. I'm really sort of curious about that. I got interested when we were, I was talking to the actor who's directing us reading it, the difference between the spoken and written word and basically how to speak. Uh, don't you think that'd be interesting? Probably not to Fletcher because he does it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we could force him into it, Ross. Come yeah. on. <laughs> I think so because, I mean, I like writing more as I speak. And the problem I had with doing the doing the audibles of these bo- audibles of these books was I had to not sound like Kathy. I had to sound like I was reading it mm. in a very different mm-hmm. way. Oh, and it was uh, very off putting to me. I don't know. I was going for the BBC sound. <laughs> really, I guess. <laughs> really, well done, Kathy. <laughs> you had a Properly. long way to go there. I was talking <laughs> proper. <laughs> Okay, let's move. A, we're going to move away. Let me, Ross, oh. let me start first and okay. say that because we had to read all three books, we're starting with book number one, which spawned this. You're saying it wrong. The book. The book. And now we're going to move away from Latin completely. There's not going to be any Latin in this first section. And we're going to mention a word. I th- I'm not sure we've done it. And it's spelled, it looks like it's spelled geoduck. G-E-O-D-U-C-K. Right. And it's a clam. It's a clam. It's a clam in the Pacific Northwest. Right. And and I think I know it. And I think it's gooey duck. (laughs) Wow. It is. So so it's still duck. It It was the second half that I wasn't totally sure on. It's still duck, but it's gooey duck. Precisely. Why? Yeah, it looks like geoduck, right? G-E-O. Geoduck. That's what it looks like. Why would it be gooey duck? Yeah, like geography, but with duck at the end. Yeah. Like a turducken, geogducken. No, doesn't work. That doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what? What is it? Why? Why in the world would this be the way it is? Kath, do you want me to go, Ross? You live there. <laughs> Used to. Well, it, it's it's from. That's true. It's 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 from the PNW. It's a it's a it's a large clam that's from the Pacific Northwest with a very long siphon, and the um, speakers, the original inhabitants uh, in the Puget Sound area. Um, they think it was in Salish, called it a good duck. The U-H-K part of the word apparently meant genitals, not very tasty, oh. genitals. And I, the thought is, is there's a very long, thick, pumping trunk of the clam. So we think we can figure out why they called it that, but I will go mm-hmm. no further. <laughs> you know, I, we will not discuss that. But why is it written G-E-O-D-U-C-K? They think it's because um, the English speakers actually initially spelled it as G-O-E-D-U-C-K, which was sort of sounded close to the Salish word. But Quite dark, it, yeah. Yeah, but because it's a typical thing, because we change letters, we transpose them to make them look more, quote, normal, unquote, it got corrected into G-E-O. That's one thought. Which I think makes sense. It does. Do you want to say what the OED did, though, to cleanse the whole genital no, why don't, area? No, why don't you say that? <laughs> say it, Kat. 
I love the fact that OED doesn't um, comment on the, the genital concept and say that they actually think it just looked like the neck of a dead duck. <laughs> I know. Like, like, come on. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Although maybe it was a dead duck. Maybe the Indian, I don't know, I, come on. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I just got to say that what gets me with it is that's one of those words that fascinates me because I swear to God, if I didn't know how it was pronounced, I would never think gooey duck. No, ever, why would you? No, ever, who, ever. who would? Who would anyway? Yeah. No, but but Kathy has just done a brilliant segue into the next section. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that deliberate, Kathy, as a segue or not? Yeah, Ross, it was just my internal beauty of segues. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another section of the book, and this one still kills us because this is all over. Are the we talked to, and we had done a podcast on the differences between a British and American English. And in the book, we have a section on a pop quiz on, can you pronounce these British names? And so we're going to alternate names that are spelled or look like they should be something and how the British actually pronounce them. Okay, Fletcher? Okay. Okay, we're going to start with the name written as if it were spelled Althorp, A-L-T-H-O-R-P. How do you pronounce that in British English? (sighs) Okay, what... You can write it down if you want. No, I can see it in my head. Um, okay. But I'm trying to think about what they might do to this word. They're crazy, first of all. No offense <laughs> to our British English-speaking listeners, but you're nuts. Uh, let's say a a torp. No. Okay. I, I'm just <laughs> I'm just making something up. Nice guess. It's in in a British English. It's all trup. All trup. All Which trup. isn't that bad. It's not as bad as some of the others, all, actually. No. But, but it's spelled all Thorpe, T-H-O-R-P. Right. And it's all trup. And it's pronounced all trup. Which really, I'll, I'm going to throw in something here before we keep going. It's really interesting because in language, usually the most commonly used words, like, you know, the to be, went, or whatever, they stick. They, they don't change very rapidly at all. It's the uncommon words that change very rapidly. The one exception seems to be like everyone and their sister in the local uh, either knows Altrup or goes to Altrup or whatever. Those names change, seem to have changed very dramatically for the past over the past couple hundred years, which is interesting. I don't know why that differentiation occurs. You know, we very casually change the name of a place or a name, but we don't very casually, which we commonly use, but we don't commonly change commonly used words mm-hmm. whatever i don't understand well, i'm sorry i don't understand the, the, those prop those proper names those proper nouns seem to get changed the like places or people's names even though there's something that we would use we they would use often because they're towns or people around them but right but the but the other commonly used words that are just regular day-to-day words that aren't proper names they don't change right they don't change as much right but these names haven't changed it, it, since they were initially changed have they? The point I'm so. saying is uh, that let's say let's say Althorpe was written Althorpe 500 years ago. I presume it was pronounced Althorpe like five or six hundred years ago because they spelled it that way, and then it changed the pronunciation changed, but the spelling when spelling it basically people have been saying like uh, get since day one or of English of English and it hasn't changed. Althorpe presumably was once written Althorpe. And over that same period of time, Althorpe changed to Altrup. I don't know this. I'm just just asking the question. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me that it. it but seems what to I'm saying is that it gets word. codified as Altrup. 
It got changed hugely, well, but then we, it stays there. About, to counter you, we've talked about the Thames. Right. And the Thames is called the Thames in Connecticut. So presumably that that place name changed but, in the past several hundred although years. Although I would argue that Oldthorpe in the United States is probably pronounced Oldthorpe, not Altrup. That, that's the point. But, I'm, but, the, but let's go back to the... I'm so, I see what you're saying, but the point is with the Thames, the Thames obviously changed over like a very short period of time. Since it's the American pronunciation is the Thames, which presumably comes when the settlers first came to America. So therefore, that seems a quite... Ra- I don't know if that's the case all the oh, time. Oh, you see, I don't a- know that. I assumed that, that that it was called the Thames because Americans like pronounce it like has it spelled. I thought it was oh, a spelling pronunciation. Some people say that it, it was that was pronounced the Thames. I think we need to go into research on this because we're both I think so. on the top of our head. And I'm going to go to the next name. I'm going to go to this one. Okay, okay now I'm going to spell this one out for you, Fletcher, and figure out how a Brit would pronounce this. Ready? Yes. C-H-O-L-C-H-O-L-M-O-N-D-E-L-Y. Chalmondeli. C-H-O-C-H-O-L-M-O-N-D-E-L-Y. I've 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 heard this one. Let me dig around in there and see if I can pull it out. No, I'm not getting there. I I want to say it's something like Charmandy or something, but I, I, I'm not getting there. I, what is it? Obviously, it's Chumley. Chumley, that's right. Yes, Chumley. <laughs> How could you not have gotten that one? <laughs> that's you guys. You come on, Brits. What are we doing here? I know it's, these are just these are essentially impossible. So, so but... oh, do, do we know why something like that happens? I mean, so dramatically. That's dramatic. Well, what does happen in English, in English and in other languages as well, is we we clip out other words in them, and we basically get lazy when we speak it. And if you look at Chalmondeli, you look at the ch, m, and li, and if you, I I can see sort of swallowing the internal uh, consonants and vowels, I can sort of see how it would happen. I mean, if that's a common, if everybody were drunk, occurrence. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they drank a lot of beer in those days, Fletcher. Yeah. Homemade beer probably For had sure. a higher octane. Too. And I'm not accusing so. anyone nowadays. Of course, you know, that that's how that's how the name is pronounced. And so you don't have to be drunk now in order to do this. But, <laughs> no. but, but for that change to have happened. For that change to have happened, you I mean, it really feels like you gotta be slurring your speech. Well, interestingly, I just started looking it up because I got curious specifically about what looks like Chalmondley. They say it it came from the French. So it slowly got softened. The D, the D is more like a mon than a mond, as it looks. So that in a British accent, it slowly became legitimately then chumly. But again, we're talking about the contraction of sounds and verbs. Is what we're talking. Mm. I mean, again, we're talking about words get mushed together after a while. Yeah. And next, we have another mushed head. This one I love. <laughs> okay, it looks like it's pronounced Featherstone Haw. Now this one I do Written. know. Okay, go. It's Fanshawe. Yay! Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> but it, but it is yeah. Fe- uh, Featherstone H A. How's the how is the end of it spelled? H A U G H. H A U G H. Right. So Featherstone Haw, but it's pronounced Fanshawe. That that's the one that always pops into my mind about how wild this can really get. But let's go backwards just for a second because we were talking earlier about like why do these things change? Like what is Featherstone Haw? And I still think it must have once been pronounced like that. 
because it's a combination of a, of a family that lived in Featherstone. And it must have once been called Featherstone. Why would they not do it? Mm-hmm. And then it got and then it got contracted. But I, I'm just, I'm, you know, I think you're right, Rose. Obviously, but I'm just trying to think: How do you get from Featherstone Hall to Fanshawe? Okay. How do you get rid of the feather? I mean, the feather is so. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just I trying to think: How do you get to Fanshawe? Have some mead, you know. Um, now again, I'm just curious, and I'm looking online uh, as we're talking, and. Someone replied to someone saying, why is it pronounced Fanshawe? She said, in my family, it was always pronounced Featherstone Hall. Her fa- parents were from North Cumbria. And she's saying that they did pronounce it hmm. Featherstone Hall. But see, and then this goes back to what I was saying before. Why do these names change relatively rapidly? Featherstone Hall comes from the Old English. Feather, feather, stone, stone, and hull, corner. So it's like Featherstone Corner, it means. And now Kathy's saying some people do can still pronounce it as Featherstone Haw, but other people, I mean, but the fact that these old English words were there and we mm. still basically say feather because it's a fairly common word. We still say feather is feather. We still mm. say stone is stone, but somehow when you mush them together into a name, I would think just given that common words don't change, I would think that Featherstone Haw would have stayed Featherstone Haw like, Kathy's one example, but it didn't. It became Fanshawe. I don't get it. I don't either. I don't think there's... I'm really curious if anyone you know who listens in can answer this, because I'm really sort of curious. I want to poke more as well. Occur. Yeah. Can you guys think of any American English equivalents to something that is that big a change? That's a really good question. I cannot off the top of my head. Can you? No, I'm just... Uh, that's a really good question. I think we should come... We should revisit that for next week, because I'm for next time because i'm curious too i mean there are a lot of unusual pronunciations or or pronunciations of especially place names that we wouldn't expect but but nothing quite like that 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 drops out half the letters and and replaces them with another Mm -hmm. letter i mean that that's a big difference Mm -hmm. the closest thing for me would be you know the old salt talking like instead of forecastle it's foxhole instead of boson boatswain it's but But that's not american that's what i was just gonna say i mean that's the only but in my head that's the only thing that popped in was like you know the apostrophes like everything contracting yeah but i'm curious though uh well to some degree and we have to really talk about this i mean there you know there are changes in um northern you know the northern changes in uh in the states where the great vowel shift in america Mm -hmm. where the accents change and things like things sound the same the northern city shift. We've talked. Mm. About, have we talked about the northern city shift or not? No, we never even bothered. We kept saying we were going to talk about the Great Vale shift. And yeah. We kept not we have, doing we have it. We threatened that often. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No. We actually had a, one of the questions that we got. Remember back in our hundredth episode, mm-hmm. someone wanted us to talk about. It. We kept saying, "Yeah, we'll do it later." You know. <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan. I remember his name because I saw it the other day. <laughs> but in that shift, I mean, there are certain words that we don't. You know that that do sound different, um, that have changed very rapidly. That, you but know, that's we would go, not well, like as... Fanshawe Featherstone Hall, yeah. No, it's not as it's not as as pronounced, and it's a it's verbs. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's the it's the vowel sounds. Caught cat, caught. You know that one bit bet but mm-hmm. sounding either the same or or you know whatever. But that's different. But um, a place names is really interesting, or family names. Arkansas would be the only one I can think of that. No, but that's not. That's just not pronounced Arkansas. Never mind. Mm-hmm. 
No. No, I don't know. I'm really trying to think. Because, I mean, like, we we have those, like, Cairo, Illinois, it's not Cairo, but that's like a, sure. that's a pronounced change. Versailles, not Versailles, that's different. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we're going to go back to the British Fletcher, because we can't answer your question. <laughs> that's fair. So. I'm going to do an easy one, Fletcher. I'm going to spell it, and it should be easy. Oh, good. Okay. K-I-R-K-B-Y. K-I-R-K-B-Y. Captain Kirk B-Y. Right. B-Y. Uh, does, the, does the K drop? Is it Kirby? Yeah. Okay. And actually, I'm going to throw in something. And herein lies the danger of um, online pronunciation checks. Because this one has been listed in numerous cases where people, and this actually goes back to Featherstone Hawk. Um, I looked it on, on a pronunciation just check right now, and a bunch of them have Kirkby spelled <laughs> as it's spelled, mm-hmm. not Kirby. And here we go in. Here's the problem with language. It's very variable a lot of times. I think we should just do one more, don't you, Ross? Okay, let's do two more. Okay, you do this one. <laughs> okay. Okay. I well, we each have favorites. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do two more or not? Or you want to go a little... Do two more. I, you I, wanted to... I wanted to do three more. I wanted to do the other one. Down here, this one, too. Let's do four. Okay. How about four more? <laughs> How many more should we do? Okay. Two. Gonna... Let's do two. Choose the best two. Okay. 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 This is a biggie for me because I, I've been watching uh, BritBox on TV and they actually pronounced it like they they should pronounce it, not like it is whatever. It's spelled, it looks like it's spelled Leicester, L-E-I-C-E-S-T-E-R. I think it's Lester. Right. It is. I was really happy about that because the guy, there, there was some murder taking place. You know, England is like, if you watch these shows, there's like a murder every minute. Murder's all over the place. Yeah. I know. But they're going to Lester and I thought, I know how that's spelled and pronounced. I was very proud of myself. <laughs> okay. And this is my personal favorite because I don't even get it. I am just I am I'm I'm just spelling. W R I O T H E S L E Y. Can you repeat that? W R I O T H E S L E Y. So it it looks like it should be something like Riothsley. Correct. Um No, you got you just got to tell me. Fletcher. It's so clear. Roxley. Roxley. Naturally. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I'm trying to, actually though, if you sound it out, I'm just thinking, Rios. Roxley? Really? I, I'm trying here. Yeah. <laughs> Rox, Rios. Rox, Rios. No. No, that's how it's pronounced. It's hard to get there. It's interesting though, there was a really, I mean, I think we should refer backwards and those who are interested. There's a, actually an article, The Pronunciation of Roxley by Martin Green, who basically, apparently it's, it's the source of a lot of uh, controversy at this point. And because Shakespeare apparently has uh, Roxley in there and they're talking about how it should be pronounced and basically also adding the uh, evidence that it was pronounced Rosely or Rossley as well. Oh, I have now. I looked it up. It it was pronounced at least five different ways. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Riosley, Rotsley, Ritsley, Risley, Rithley, and so on. Risley. So. Oh, interesting. Do you think this is the case with most of these and that eventually one of the pronunciations just somehow wins out? No, I think that would be the case. It's like Samuel Pepys. Mm-hmm. Remember, Ross, we were, when we were writing, actually, you're saying it wrong. We have Samuel Pepys in there. 
uh, which mm-hmm. I always pronounced, of course, Pepys, like any other, you know, person. Yeah. Right, it's P-E-P-Y-S. Yeah, people heard, I heard about Samuel Pepys, which would obviously be spelled P-E-E-P-S, like the little, you know, soft mm-hmm. Easter candy. But we also did find people in the family, I thought you mentioned that just now, but who do pronounce it Pepys. Yeah, that's what I was going to so, say. Pepys, Pepys, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. But Pepys became the, the one that we all know now because of Samuel. The one thing I'm wondering about in answer to Fletcher's question earlier, does the U.S. have a similar thing? In England, you had basically, I mean, in the in bef- days before rapid travel, you had people living in one area. They pronounce it in one way or two ways or whatever. One way becomes very popular. They get lazy. They, you know, they, they contract vowels or na- nouns whatever, or uh, consonants or whatever. And then it goes national. And then... But in the States, you basically have had more uh, peripatetic people. People are running around all the time. So maybe we don't get those like local, firm local changes that, that do you know what I'm saying? That then, that then. I think, actually, I do. I think that's a really good point. I think that's a really good point. Because you're not locked in like you used to be. No, I mean, we have relatives in the South of the States and they pronounce things quite differently. But they hear TV. So it, they also sort of know the, you know, quote unquote correct pronunciation or the natural mm. pronunciation. I think it makes a difference. Okay. Now we're going to go to words that we still don't get right. <laughs> and um, we know the pronunciation because we wrote the book about it, but we still make mistakes. And we, when we were doing the audio, the audible, the audio, we actually had to make sure we pronounced it correctly because there's nothing worse than giving a lecture on how to pronounce something and then mispronouncing it ourselves. And these are words that just that we know technically, but they stick in our heads wrong. Okay. The first one is spelled A-C-A-I. And it's a palm tree and it has health-giving berries right now. Yeah, very, very popular uh, superfood, right? I think I think it is. Yeah. It's, 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 some, it's something like acai. Muy bien. Yeah. Very yes. good. Now, I think we're just going to quit the podcast right now. Well, <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> that, that thing is so popular now, though. You find it in, you know, at the smoothie place, and and it's everywhere, this berry. And so it's sort of like quinoa. It's one of those things that's that people uh-huh. people are knowing more because it's becoming the trendy food. My problem is, is I still think acai. I can't help it. I look at it. I see it. I know it's acai. I do, but I think that the spelling trips me up when I look at it. My brain immediately goes "akai," you know, "akai," you know. Now, r- remind me what language that comes from. Is it some indigenous language in in Latin America? Yeah, it's the Guarani language uh, in Latin America in uh, in in Brazil. Okay, and uh, and then the Portuguese basically tried to transliterate it. And, it, you know, my problem with it is I, I do acai, acai. I have more of an accent on the ah. Instead of acai, I go acai, like that. Mm-hmm, which I guess mm-hmm. I, the AI to me kind of melds into an I like that. So I'm wrong, mm-hmm. too. Well, as far as it all goes, the accent on the wrong syllable isn't the worst part of that. I mean, people are usually saying a, a K or a Kai or whatever. That's me. Yeah, yeah. like Kathy. Yeah. So Kath, Kathy has yeah. it more wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Fletcher. I like the, I like this name. <laughs> well, all right. So now I'm going to get you back to England. <laughs> the uh, word, the word is M-A-R-Q-U-I-S. M-A-R-Q-U-I-S. But we're in England. We're not in France. We're in, ah. We are not uh, in La Belle France. Yes. <laughs> so you say all the letters, right? It's Mar- Marquis? Yes. Crap. Yeah. 
But let's, wait, wait, wait. There's still more to get Fletcher on. <laughs> there, we were talking last time about gendered uh, nouns, and we basically talked about how with titles, a lot of times, even though we say actor for male and female or whatever, with titles, a lot of times there are gendered pronouns which exist still. So do you know, first of all, the womanly equivalent of Marquis? That's funny that you ask that. I I don't unless it's still Marquis and it's spelled differently. No. Very wrong. Very Sorry. wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna Kathy is getting a revenge now. Yes, she is. <laughs> I'm gonna spell it out for you. M-A-R-C-H-I-O-N-E-S-S. Oh, interesting. No, I, I don't know if I've ever seen that word in my life. Well, I advise you to start reading early English literature. <laughs> it's funny. But, um, this is a word I ran across a lot as a child because I read like fairy tales and stuff. And or yeah. I, I think I, I, I forget, but I always saw this and I always loved how it looked. Well, we, we just as a quick thing, we both uh, our father was overseas and we got a lot. He got a lot of books from uh, England. So we read a lot of English books as kids. I saw it too. I always mm. pronounced it wrongly in my head, but you know. Yeah, you'd you'd, you'd pronounce it something like Mar Marchioness or Marchioness. Yeah, that's what I did exactly. It is though Marchioness. 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 Okay. Yeah. But it's not a ch. It's a sh. Sh. Marchioness. Marchioness. Yeah. I had it right in my head as a kid. I just loved how it looked. It looked. I it looked, looked fancy. You know what it I mean? It's like ooh, she's a Marchioness. <laughs> Actually, one more question for you, Fletcher. Um. I know you're really up and coming on these uh, aristocratic titles in England. So Marquis, is that the absolutely technically correct title for this guy below a duke and above an earl? I'm going to say, gonna I'm going to say, I'm going to say, no, it's not. Me. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> How would you correctly write it? Ah, <laughs> You're going to go be King Chuck. You're meeting Chuck right now. You're going to the front of the court. King and he's going to give you the title, the official title, because of your services rendered to the English language. Okay, so the title is not Marquis? No. Okay. Um, uh, well, wait a second, though, Fletcher. Repronounce what you just said. The yes. title is not... I want to hear that, in fairness. The title is not Marquis. <laughs> so we're talking about a different spelling, right? M-A-R-Q-U-E-S-S? -S? Yes. <laughs> so what, what happened... I'll, I'll run you through my own head. Way back when Ross spelled M-A-R-Q-U-I-S, and I thought, okay, this is going to be pronounced Marquis, I also thought in my head, wait, I thought it was spelled M-A-R-Q-U-E-S-S -S in English. Wow. That's very good. Fletcher, you're gonna I'm gonna call up the uh, the king and give you a title for this. You <laughs> You'll meet Camilla, it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> um should we do this one, Rose? Do this, yeah. This one this one kills me. This one okay, this is another like what the hell are the Brits thinking? I'm sorry. No offense to any Brit listening, because I, I think you're grand. I'm gonna spell it. This is one of the this is two major colleges, okay? It's spelled two different ways, but one it's just an E. One is M-A-G-D-A-L-E-N, and it's also spelled M-A-G-D-A-L-E-N-E, -E, as in Mary. Oh, yeah, Magdalene, Magdalene. Yeah. How is it pronounced as the colleges of one at Oxford and one at Cambridge? I don't think I've ever heard this before either. 
I the the way the way you presented it to begin with makes me think it's more than just dropping a letter here or there. So I, I feel like I'm not going to get this right. Oh, nonsense! Of course you can. Of course I will. <laughs> the Marquis of Fletcher. The Marquis <laughs> of Fletcher. Unless it's just something like maudlin. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. It lost the G. And it was because they were trying to sound French. They were trying to sound fancy. (laughs) But again, going to the capriciousness of language, nearby Maudlin College is St. Mary Magdalene Church. Yeah. And there's also nearby Magdalene Street, both pronounced with that in the same area where you have Maudlin College. It's just, I mean, language is fascinating with that. What is Maudlin College named after? Mary Magdalene. It is. Yeah. But yeah, neither of them. Yeah, I'm just looking. Yeah, both of them. One spelled with an e, one without. But they're both like. Um, what got me was, and I never knew this before we did this book, which I had forgotten until we read it again, is that um, the noun maudlin, as in like the word maudlin, it's not a noun. It's a you know, it's a noun here. Is is from is from Mary Magdalene being maudlin, yeah, sentimental. That. that was really that was That's really interesting. Really interesting. I had no Isn't idea. That? Yeah, no idea either. I would. I, I never thought about where it came from, but I never would have thought Mary Magdalene. Why? You know? No. Oh. This one I had to read, and I'm, that's why I want to. This one <laughs> killed me. I hated Ross. <laughs> I had to read it, even though Ross wrote it, and oh, I kept gosh. blowing it. Don't do this I went to me. insane. I went <laughs> insane with this. Now we're going from Mary Magdalene to Latin to Latin uh, uh, suffixes. How do you say Fletcher? A L U M N A E. Speaking of female graduates or former students of a school, speaking of universities, this fits. A L U M N A E. I would say alumni. <gasps> Good. <laughs> I kept saying alumni. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, this this is this is Kathy's problem with this is all because of her brother, and I apologize. I hate my to brother. Kathy. I officially <laughs> apologize to you right now. Thank the you. AI in Latin. This this one kills me all the time. I'm really glad <laughs> Kath had it. The AI in Latin is pronounced I. A, the AE? The AE, I'm sorry. The AE is pronounced I. So I look at that and I go alumni. Mm-hmm. But because I'm not in ancient Rome, people will look at me and go, what? And that's not a good thing. And then the <laughs> I is pronounced E in English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, basically, what I always do is go, oh, you're an ex student. <laughs> <laughs> I say former student. I'm a little <laughs> yeah, more, okay, you know, fancy what... there. No, because that's it. Because you've got A E is I in Latin, right? Mm-hmm. And I is E in Latin. Mm-hmm. But in English, A E is E and I is I, right? Right. right. Yes. I think I think really what it gets down to is English makes more sense. Ha ha ha! ha. Well, it never does. <laughs> to go into something, this ha- this mostly happened because of the Great Vowel Shift, which we've been studiously avoiding for two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, uh, something like 110 episodes, we've been. <laughs> yeah, no. We really do have to talk about it one of these days. Mm. And so, I, oh gosh, I've been, I'm busy for the next. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Oh, we <laughs> gotta go. Okay, this one. This is another Latin ending one. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna go with. Okay, how do you pronounce Fletcher? I have to do it more seriously. Fletcher, how do you pronounce the plural of fungus? 
it's spelled I, yeah. F-U-N-G-I. F-U-N-G-I. And I have never really known whether it's fungi, 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 or fungi. You've done them all, Fletcher. <laughs> actually, they're actually all considered correct. Basically, there's so many different pronunciations <laughs> of this word. I guess going back to our Latin problem earlier, basically, they're all basically considered fine. Although Kathy and I both prefer another plural, funguses. I like funguses. <laughs> I do too. If either of you were talking about more than one fungus, how would you say it? Assuming you weren't going to say funguses. I'm a fungi girl. Fungi. Okay. I'm a fungi, I'm a fungi boy. You know? <laughs> We've always said that about you, Ross. <laughs> That's interesting because I think I would, I think I would usually say fungi. This is really interesting though because we have I mean, fungi is the would be more uh, would be preferred. More, uh, well, the gu would be more Latin, would be a gu in Latin, mm. but it would be fungi in Latin actually. So, but it's interesting though because we we basically just said that there are a lot of pronunciations of this that are considered you know quote unquote correct, and we basically have three among the three of us, which is really interesting, which kind of goes to show. What gets me is. Uh, is that there are pronunciations where the emphasis is in the latter uh, syllable. Fungi, 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 fungi. Can I take a soft track? Please. Just speaking of, of multiple pronunciations. You guys remember uh, former dictator of Chile, uh, P-I-N-O-C-H-E-T. Do you know? Right. Do you know? Or how would you pronounce that? I would say Pinochet. Okay. I would say Pinochet. Okay. So here's something that I read um, a number of years ago, is that there are four different pronunciations that are correct. And it kind of depends on your socioeconomic status as to which oh, one wow. you say. Wow, interesting. And so Pinochet, yes. Pinochet is also correct. And so is Pinochet and Pinochet. Hmm. What I is thought, the what is the breakdown in terms of uh, I thought, that? I, I can't remember. I always thought the Spanish pronounced it Chet, though. The Spanish I thought in Spanish is pronounced Pinochet. Is that true or not? Uh, I can't remember which one does what. Let me see if I can. Here we go. Okay, there's no single correct pronunciation for the name in Chile. The fr uh, first two syllables don't change too much. Pino or Pino. Some go with Che. Some go with Che. Others go with Chet. Uh, the the ch sound can serve as a marker of social class in Chilean Spanish. Uh, in educated speech, the Spanish CH is similar to the English pronunciation, as in the word chess, but popular dialect turns the CH into something more like an SH. A high-class Chilean would probably pronounce the country's name, the, the, the man's name is, oh, the country's name is Chile, while someone with less status might say Chile. Same with Pino, Pinochet, Pinochet. Okay, so an upper-class person there would have said Pinochet, not Pinochet. Correct. Right? Right. Interesting. Whereas, like, to my ear, I would think because it's the French sound sounds classier to my American ears, you know? It's so weird. And the, the che, che versus Chet or Che versus Chet, uh, it says it's a little more complicated. It's um, It technically should probably be pr pronounced, but people tend to drop the final sound just as a matter of course mm. when they're not being formal. It, you know, anyway, names are interesting, and, and even even a name like that, um, in in Chile would have you know four different pronunciations potentially. Yeah. 
Well, that we've talked about that before with different registers in terms of grammar and such, and it's 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 it, it it holds across even things like pronunciation. The whole notion of like this is the upper class pronunciation. This is not as upper class. This is lower class. Blah blah. You know. No, I think that's the that's a really good point that we have one man, and we have four different pronunciations. And as you guys were talking, I looked at BBC and they had another one or two thrown in. And I mean, I think this goes to show the fluid nature of language, even as we speak, which is why it's always dangerous to be very definitive in language. It's better to kind mm. of be, be fuzzy and sort of approximate things, which is, I think, our the theme of our whole talk a lot of times. Yeah, that's true. And I think we're actually nearing the end. Should we just do one more? Sure. Okay. It's a it's a cold, cold winter day. Mm. And we have a term at you look outside and you see that it's cold and you go something related to winter. It is a cold day. <laughs> what? You got to W I N T R Y. Oh, characteristic of or pertaining to winter. W I N T R Y. I, I didn't even know there was controversy about this. I, maybe I've always been wrong. I just would say wintry. There is controversy, but you are absolutely correct. Okay, what do people, people say? People say wintry? wintry. Oh, okay. Yeah. People add that extra er. That, I'm curious now, Kathy, what would you say before we had written the book? Would you have said wintry or wintry? I would have said it's a cold day. <laughs> it's a cold, cold day. <laughs> I, all kidding aside, I think I would say wintry. I would add a little teeny little extra syllable. I don't think I'd say wintry. I, it, 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 wintry. No, I don't think I've ever said wintry. Wintry. Said well, it's wintry. interesting because you would have actually been technically correct if you were a old high German ancestral speaker. I am married to a man of German extraction, so that's <laughs> there <you> probably go. <laughs> why. <laughs> because the old high German did have a uh sound in between, so it did be wintry like that. So it did have it. So Kathy is is loyal to her husband's early ancestral background which is good for you kathy <laughs> yeah wintry sounds silly to me a wintry it just it sounds wintry, wintry. a yeah. wintry mix it's i feel like i should be Catherine hepburn it's a wintry it's a wintry outside <laughs> I, yeah, no. I like that <laughs> yeah that wintry wintry like no I, I can't the color lilies i can't do it i can't do it i can't it's wintry i'm sorry i don't care This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. You're Saying It Wrong is a worldwide affair. Kathy Petrus records from her home in Granada, Spain. Ross Petrus from his home in Toronto, Ontario in Canada. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod. Email them at kandrpetrus at gmail.com or email me at powell at kmuw.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or better yet, a review on your podcast platform of choice. Kathy and Ross's book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press. You can find that and much of their other work pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And don't forget they have a new book out, A History of the World Through Body Parts. The stories behind the organs, appendages, digits, and the like attached to or detached from famous bodies. You can find that pretty much anywhere you get books as well. 
And, of course, Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, knrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.